Love Talk Radio. versus the soul of a person. 
and also uh, the essence of faith and friendship. Uh, this evening's show, we will again continue to talk about this, and with the emphasis, however, being on uh, uh, psychic defense and transformation. And uh, I, uh, we're talking about the techniques of psychic def- defense and fortification. And I see that I have a listener uh, uh, tuning in uh, via phone. And if you share, if you wish to share some thoughts with us, please press the number one button, and uh, that will cue me that you would like to uh, to be uh, uh, joined with us on the show and to share any comments and thoughts. Really invite you, and I thank you for tuning in. Um, okay, I self again with this is uh, as I mentioned before, Spiritual Warrior One, and the title uh, subtitle is Uncovering Spiritual Truths and Psychic Phenomenon by Swami Krishnapad. Uh, I must share with you that uh, Swami Krishnapad, a brief overview of him, he's uh, deceased. And uh, he was uh, very well, has been very well known uh, throughout the years, some 30-plus years. Uh, a brother of African descent, he graduated from Princeton University and traveled around the world uh, as a consultant, uh, consulting uh, such as the likes of Muhammad Ali, Nelson Mandela, uh, uh, various dignitaries and, and statesmen at the United Nations, um, presidents of uh, various countries such as Uganda and, and um, uh, Ghana uh, and various other countries in West Africa, and basically sharing his knowledge uh, coming from the uh, Bhakti Yoga tradition. Uh, and as an author of many books, in which this is just one of the few books that I will be reviewing throughout the next uh, six months, um, he specialized in human relationships and conflict resolution, and uh, he served as an international consultant, as I mentioned earlier, to diplomats and heads of state. And th- this powerful and peaceful message that he has shared within the uh, Spiritual Warrior uh, text really is something that I've been reading for a number of years, and I've shared with my wife and a few of my friends, and the more I uh, reread the book, the more uh, transfixed I become and the more uh, clarity comes into mind in terms of how I should conduct my life. So without any further ado, I will uh, start by uh, defining what he means by techniques for psychic defense and fortification. He states that the, for- the focus of psychic defense is not to impart warfare, but to teach you certain protective strategies to enable you to remain the free spirit that you are. The key is self-realization. And this means that you must work on yourself, and any teacher can actually uh, stimulate you, but there must be an underlying desire and commitment on your part to raise your consciousness. And five points will be presented here for your consideration, as he states. Point one being... The more that you identify with your mind, the more you can become susceptible to mind intrusion. Although you have been conditioned to see your mind as you, your mind is actually not you. 
You are the user of the mind in the same way that you are the user of your shoes, your coat, or your sweater. You are the person who makes use of your mind. And whatever you use it, uh, whether you use it or not, it is actually the soul that uses the intellect, the mind, and the body. The mind is constantly engaged in accepting and rejecting stimuli in its environment. And your environment, particularly your immediate environment, largely determines what your mind grabs and holds onto. And he states that in most cases, the mind is your worst enemy because your mind has been conditioned to basically tell you that you should go after whatever your senses desire. And your mind has been conditioned to tell you that as long as you are identifying with the basic functions of eating, sleeping, mating, and defending, then there is nothing else to worry about. The you that the mind tells you to be is not the real you. And there, there is a greater you, a greater potential within yourself, within the soul. So how do you handle the mind? And well, he states that a powerful technique is to treat your mind to, as a, a, another person who is speaking to you. And when your mind starts telling you things that are unhealthy, untrue, when your mind starts giving you grief, when your mind starts causing fear, when your mind starts arousing anxiety, don't accept these thoughts. You can better reject them if you have already realized that there is a distinction between the mind and you. And he states that always remember that because you are separate from the mind, you can evaluate what the mind is dictating to you. And this practice will help you when you are the target of mind intrusion and are not really responsible for the mental energy that is being imposed upon you. You will act with wisdom because you will be able to recognize what is occurring. As long as you identify with the mind, you immediately act upon what the mind dictates, and the mind will control you instead uh, of the opposite, and it will cause needless complications. You must constantly evaluate what is going in and coming out of the mind. Someone who is thinking of you is entering into your, 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 your mental space, and in most cases, people are not thinking loving thoughts about each other. If you are spiritually advanced and have immutable qualities, you are particularly you are particularly at risk. All kinds of people thinking envious thoughts can make you a target of lust and exploitation. It is as if they are feeding on you. You really have no idea of all the thoughts, the energy, or the life forms that you are carrying around with you. Your consciousness will determine which concerns. Be, will be the dominant ones that you hold on to and accept. And much of your reality is based on how you codify things. Don't accept your thoughts as if they were the truth. Otherwise, the mind is going to enslave you. So I, I pause here and I think of myself, for instance. I used to be one who engaged in intoxicants. You know, I drank, I smoked, and uh, uh, sometimes marijuana. Um, you know, I, I, I really engage in, in quite a few of the things that young men in, in the Western Hemisphere, young African men, African Americans, and I guess African women men, uh, uh, engage in here, here in the Western Hemisphere. And we, I found out that that was a means of self-medicating. Uh, that was a means of covering the pain, if you will. 
Now, it was a means of coping. I must pause for a minute. My wife just walked into the studio. Hi, honey. How are you doing? I'm doing good. How are you? Uh, I'm doing great. It's been quite a day we've had. I know. Hasn't it been? I know. Yeah. <laughs> but, indeed, uh, we, we maintain our spiritual balance and didn't allow the mind to overwhelm us in terms of uh, the journeys that we're experiencing today. No, but you're talking about, you're talking about psych, psychic protection? Yes, yeah, psychic defense. Psychic defense. And, and fortification. Isn't that something? Yes. I mean, we can just talk and talk but about that. It's uh, a really a very uh, a potent conversation, a potent topic of discussion. And, well, that's uh, something we need to do all the time. Yeah, yeah, and encourage each other. I was just uh, stating uh, in, uh, with the uh, sharing with the listening audience that uh, that I had uh, at one time been one who indulged in things that would impede uh, the uh, control of the mind and, and to be in a state of uh, psychic defense. Yes. And that is by engaging and in using intoxicants. And and those intoxicants don't have to be uh, alcohol and drugs, you know, and alcohol is a drug also. I don't know why people say alcohol and drugs. But uh, they can also it can also be food. It can also be, and most of all, it can be sex. You know, people use that. That's the most highest form of lust. Uh, and associated with uh, mind control. And uh, many of us have become victim to that, uh, victims of that as a result of uh, thinking that it's normal, that it's something that uh, I've had some coworkers of mine as of late tell me that I'm a man, so it's okay for me to look at a woman with an, a lustful state. And I guess some women do the same thing with men. Uh, well, it's so widespread in the West that, you know, people... people um Oh, well, 
you're not perfect, you're less than, you're this, you're that, mm-hmm. that you could just say, you know, and just like just wave them away and, and truly not let it affect you. Right. Too many of the young people don't have that level of self-esteem that wasn't instilled in them. It's not anybody's fault, but mm-hmm. it's just the fact that for whatever reason, whatever their life circumstances were, that was not instilled in them. Mm-hmm. So now their lives are very difficult because without a healthy self-concept, people can tell you anything, and they'll have you going to and fro and back and forth, and you don't know what's going on, and you don't know where it's coming from, but you know it's not coming from you. Mm-hmm. And I think that uh, one of the things that you posted on your Facebook, uh, and I, I quoted it, uh, was the essence of ego, having to be in a position to control ego. And that's something that we can discuss more so in, in, in this show a little bit and in and, and future shows, that a lot of us uh, fall to uh, succumb, actually, to the essence of people impacting or influencing them and in, in massaging their ego by saying, you're better than others. And they do that very, by um, religious orientation, you know, my our religion is better than the others yeah. and whatnot, uh, ethnic, race, uh, nationalism, a host of things that make you feel as if you're better than another person and that you're more intelligent and, you, and you're not, uh, uh, and then, of course, the converse is true that you're not as strong, you're not as intelligent, and you're not as good as the other person. Right. Uh, but both of the extremes place you in a vulnerable state of being psychically controlled because now you feel that you're separate from the other the other person, the other entity, and not, without understanding that we all, as the expression we use constantly, namaste, the divinity within you uh, honors the divinity, the divinity in me honors the divinity within you, recognizing that you are also a, uh, a son or a daughter of the Most High, of God. And once we have that particular state of reverence within our hearts, the state of love towards ourself in terms of self-esteem and towards one another, then, of course, that also gives us uh, more so the anointment, as it were, the armament to be uh, in a state of psyche defense, to have a state of psyche defense and not having yourself vulnerable to be psychically intruded upon. So Krishna promised, Krishna Prabhupada, I'm sorry, Krishna Pod states that uh, in point two that it is important to not identify with your own or others' problems. When people tell you their problems, they literally give these difficulties to you. They are transferring these problems to you. And we talked about that this morning. Um, you are now carrying their problems. And usually their problems continue to increase because they are thinking of nothing else. You may also find yourself so overwhelmed by your, your own challenges that you feel like you are under a great weight and unable to move. A little technique in dealing with those situations is to visualize yourself the way you want to be when you have reached a state of perfection or have moved to a higher level. As you focus on that image, you are creating it, and you will bring yourself back up again. In point three, he states, because the state of the body has a powerful effect on consciousness, your diet is a vital weapon of psychic defense. 
You have to create higher energy in order to not be affected by the lower energy. And if you were making your body a graveyard by eating meat and other uh, uh, edibles, which are not healthy, it will be very difficult to eliminate negative forces from your life. If you're taking a a corpse into your body, you're making your body a cemetery for dead animals. A psyche looking at a graveyard sees all kinds of disembodied spirits. People who live meet, who, who live near graveyards are often bombarded with psychological problems because of the energy that is located there. And imagine the effects of constantly making your body a graveyard by eating dead flesh. Consider how meat decays in the open and what, and what it is doing in your body. If you was to to analyze and study vegetarianism, you would see that nutritionally, morally, ethically, spiritually, vegetarianism is a preferred diet for a saner society. And not only for a saner society, but for you to maintain your sanity as much as possible. Now, I'm not saying that although I'm a vegetarian for 23-plus years, my wife is a vegetarian going on six years or more, that uh, indeed we are healthier than others who happen to eat meat, you know. Uh, but however, there is a propensity that our health state is uh, a lot more healthier than quite a few people who happen to be meat eaters, especially those who do not get rid of the toxins by uh, cleaning the colon, by exercising, by eating antioxidant foods that have antioxidant properties and so forth. As you get to a certain, when you're young, your body is resilient. You can fight off these impurities that you encumber, uh, uh, inculcate in your system by eating certain foodstuffs. But as you get older, your body takes a toll. And this, uh, in, in engineering and in manufacturing, they have what they call in marketing uh, embedded obsolescence. They know that a product that's made, especially within the American uh, manufacturing community, and it's changed now because of the competition, but each every product, including a car, was made to last for five years. And that was because they knew that the metals that were being used, all the materials and alloys and so forth, were in such a composition um, chemically and also constructively that they knew that the wear and tear would start to show through oxidation and other uh, decaying processes within approximately five years. And that's why the warranties were always for uh, five years. And, and they knew that after that the warranty would be up and, of course, the product would, would break or the car would break down and you would now have to go to repairman or just buy a new car. Well, multiplying that by 10, they know that if you eat a certain diet by the age of 50, that your body is going to start breaking down. So the pharmaceutical community, uh, the medical community, all different communities relative to your body, to say nothing about the funeral uh, business, knows that indeed if by the time you turn 50 that uh, the jib is up or it's going to start to be a, uh, a situation where everything is downhill from there. So the insurance companies know this. You know, the host, they, make a, they analyze this very scientifically. So I'm just sharing with us that, indeed, you might want to consider, if not becoming a vegetarian, 
to at least analyze the type of meats that you eat. God forbid that you eat meat that has fat, high fat content, you know, such as your uh, meat from pork and other uh, meats, even from the cow, uh, certain portions which do not have lean meat. And, of course, preferably you would want to eat as much fish as possible. And even with fish, you want to eat freshwater fish, salmon, you know, those fish which are not really uh, hanging out at the bottom of the sea. They're calling, they call those at times the, the uh, scavengers of the sea. So all of those things, you know, start even with the morning when you start uh, your, your, uh, your, your fast. Of course, waking, we should contemplate on our dreams and, and analyze them and see how they're relevant, relevant to our waking state because the dreams are another way of developing your consciousness, your higher consciousness. Uh, and that's doing with the subconscious, the superconsciousness. Through that realm, you're able to resolve problems that you may have from day to day and become more and more connected with the Most High. But I also fast forward the thoughts in terms of what we eat in the morning. We should eat as much fruit as possible, drink as much water, of course, eight glasses of water a day, and hydrate our bodies, and eat as much vegetables as possible, those fruits and veggies that fall into the antioxidant a proper chi state. And the antioxidant means that indeed it oxidizes the blood, thus allowing the body to stay as healthy as long as possible and to get rid of all the toxins. So I'm sorry that I digressed in that area, but I thought it's very, I think it's always very important for us to share amongst ourselves the importance of uh, proper nutrition as well as proper thinking. Now I'm going to continue with uh, uh, Spiritual Warrior. I'm not going to take a break because we did start a little bit behind uh, schedule, and uh, I, I'm just so excited about sharing more of what uh, uh, Swami uh, Krishnapad has to share uh, regarding um, psychic defense. Um, point five he makes. He says, the proper use of sexual energy is critical for inner stabilization and psyche protection. One of the highest uses of sexual energy is to attract pious souls to take birth in this realm, offering them a commitment to spirituality guide and to nurture them, offering them a commitment to spiritually guide them and nurture them. And in this way, these souls will eventually take up the role of guides and teachers themselves. The utter misuse of sexual energy can be seen in practices such as pornography, uh, pornography totally uh, devaluates the beauty of the male-female relationship. It directs men to view women as pleasure units to be manipulated and enjoyed. Pornography pro prop propagates a mentality of irresponsibility and produces minds that are controlled by perversion. Pornography is very lucrative through means such as magazines and the film and recording industries, along with drugs, it is one of the biggest and fastest growing industries on the planet. It has now reached the point that many children are being abducted for photographic, uh, pornographic films and sadonic rituals. We are surrounded everywhere with these types of negative energy. To ultimately minimize the effects of the psyche bombardment that surrounds us all, you can follow the model of martial arts. And in martial arts, you don't necessarily have to confront an attack with a counterattack. Instead, 
you can get behind the enemy or step aside him so that you move yourself out of the way of his or her energy. You don't have to feed into it. You can transcend it. You do this by first analyzing yourself in those areas just mentioned, controlling the mind, positive thinking, healthy diet, avoiding intoxication, and proper use of sexual energy. And this self-examination process will automatically make you stronger. You will create more protection for yourself and by contemplating your situation. Thus, you don't have to worry about all the various types of psychic attacks that may be occurring. You will naturally have a field of protection around you due to your fortified consciousness. Love, righteousness, and the divine can stronger can be stronger than the negativity of this age. Therefore, be loving and righteous. The more you're aligned with divinity, the more protection you will have and the greater will be your spiritual advancement. Now I, I go over a portion where he's dealing with the, uh, and I must say that the book, The Spiritual Warrior, some of the content is taken from various lectures that uh, Swami Krishnapart uh, conducted. And here's a question from one of the, uh, uh, the devotees. Uh, he asked Swami, how can we extend love to others, yet at the same time protect ourselves from taking an unhealthy energy? And he answers by saying, we should try to see everyone as an, as an energy of God, our friend as well as our enemy, our supporters as well as our attacker. It doesn't mean that when you see a tiger, you put your head in the tiger's mouth because you love everyone. Nor does it mean that you automatically accept any type of behavior. You can hate the sin and love the sinner. Some people are less aware than others of their potential divinity, of their inherent nature as spiritual beings. Thus, they are captured by a strong sense of materialism and negativity. If this is understood, then there is less desire to attack when someone is attacking you. If you allow yourself to get on the same level of energy as the one who is absorbed in negativity, then you lose. Again, the technique is the same as in martial arts. You don't attack with the same energy. Instead, you step, you step behind or to the side and use the person's energy in a way that helps the situation. As we experience real concern about the person, then you transmit some of that love into the individual. I, I have uh, taken various forms of martial art, and I've yet to, to practice, uh, learn the, the technique, the form of training of Aikido, but I uh, was initially introduced to Kung Fu some 30 years ago, and, and I've been introduced to, I've taken and trained under Taekwondo and a little bit of Jiu-Jitsu. And... Um, my wife happens to be a, a very practiced, uh, proficient uh, practitioner of the martial arts, and I was just so blessed and, and really uh, excited when I first met her and she shared that information with me. But one of the things I learned from the art of Aikido, which is incorporated, incorporates the form of the circle, that you do not fight force with force. When someone throws a punch, you actually grab the hold of the hand or take in the energy of the, of the force of the, of the throw or the kick, and move around it and let it go past you, thus taking your opponent off balance. And then, of course, the intent is not to 
maim or kill, but to render the opponent um, unable to pursue you or to harm you. And preferably you would want to walk away with uh, a state of reverence and, and understanding and leaving to understand with your, uh, your opponent or your attacker that it behooves him or her to not pursue to uh, attack you any further because then you've shown them that you are the one who is the master of uh, the physical art of self-defense on a physical level. So the same thing holds true within the psychic uh, uh, essence of psychic self-defense, that you do not raise your voice at a person who is yelling at you to prove a point. You listen more than talk. You try to be in agreement and understand and in empathy with that person's anger of their concern, and of course, to uh, remove yourself from that negative energy as soon as you possibly can so that it doesn't affect you. And there's various techniques in which Swami you, uh, shares with us in terms of how to incorporate that within your life. So uh, I continue by saying that the technique is the same as martial arts. You don't attack with the same energy. Instead, you step aside and to the side and use a person's energy in a way that helps the situation. As we experience real concern about the person, then we transmit some of that love into the individual. The individual will then be upgraded or will be so determined to hold on to a position that at least he or she will avoid you. For example, if you know someone who has a very negative outlook on life, Whenever that person comes near you, instead of, taking, instead of talking about problems, talk about something of higher nature. The person will then realize that in order to associate with you, he or she has to raise, rise to your level. Another point is that the more spiritually developed you become, the higher your energy will be. You should give your association to others but not accept the attitudes of a lower energy person. The way you do that is to keep a constant barrier between against the negativity that a person is projecting. And although you love that person, you know that in order to be of help, you must keep yourself spiritually fit. Otherwise, you can't help the other person or yourself. Relationships just based on sentiment rather than growth bring degradation to all involved. You must Admit not to participate in negativity, nor encourage creation or more negativity, so that you will not become wounded or become a casualty. By associating in a way that is giving rather than accepting, you are protecting yourself and the other person also. If there is an attack, you forgive, but you also want to make sure that the person gets some help to deal with the sickness. And if you can't help the sickness, at least you can keep yourself from becoming sick. The only way is to do this is to stay focused on maintaining spiritually elevated thoughts. You cannot allow yourself to be devastated by the negative. Rather, you must learn the art of transforming the negative into the positive. So that ends his answer to that question of uh, how can we extend love to others yet at the same time protect ourselves from taking in unhealthy energy. Now, I um, have another question, but before I begin that, I'm going to take a short break, 
and uh, we will continue. We have about uh, about 20 more minutes remaining, and I do again thank you for joining us, and uh, we shall be right back.
And I think about that. I think that there's so many of us who uh, engage in uh, the practice uh, here in the Western Hemisphere. Um, we, the moment we wake up, a lot of us turn on the television or the radio. We listen to the news. The news usually, and some of us say, oh, I just want to stay tune into the weather. You know, but many of us want to tune into the latest uh, gossip, to the latest political uh, uh, drama that's going on, uh, to even hear, God forbid, uh, who was uh, hospitalized or indeed killed or maimed. And, of course, the more grotesque it is, some of us, the more interest we have. And then, then we have the sports uh, community, those of us who want to know who won a loss. So we're in a win-loss uh, a state of consciousness uh, at the beginning of the day, throughout the day. Uh, we, we take that to work, who's making more money than one another, who's smarter, you know, who's more attractive, who's more appealing to the boss, to the employer, who's going to get a promotion, on and on. This goes on with the drama of the mind. However, if we're orientated on a spiritual platform, and that's, you know, regardless of what your spiritual orientation may be, uh, that you then do not succumb to that um, uh, uh, the the being vulnerable towards psyche um, intrusion. You're in control of your psyche. You're in control of your mind, and and, and of course you allow the essence of your soul, which represents love, to come to fore. I see that we have some additional uh, listeners uh, who have called in actually, and if you would like to share some thoughts on the line. Uh, in, on the show, please uh, press button number one, and I will definitely uh, uh, be a pleasure to engage in conversation with you and to share your thoughts with the listening audience. So uh, please feel free to do so. And also, those who are in the chat room, any thoughts that you'd like to share and to have uh, aired on the show, please feel free to also uh, share that information and those thoughts and comments. Um, Okay, so we have uh, about uh, 15 minutes remaining, and uh, I'm just so happy that I was able to get to the point that we arrived at in terms of uh, the lower self and higher self. I'm just trying to find myself right now in terms of where I left off. Uh, yeah, here's the next question. He says that um, let's look into our biological hierarchy, and uh, and I ended by him mentioning the mind would be less influenced by law law order preoccupations if we are constantly uh, thinking of the most high and constantly thinking of the essence of God and the thoughts of the soul. And um, he mentions that the main point is that we don't have to accept everything that comes into our mental environment. We just assess the thoughts as you would assess a person who comes into your presence. And he says, just don't accept whatever it brings to you because the mind has been conditioned to keep you in a state of delusion. The question that comes next is, how do you know when you're dealing with a true psyche? To understand psyches, he mentions, one should first understand something about the psyche, REM. The REM that deals with paranormal experiences, are there are a variety of psyche phenomena and abilities. One category of psyche phenomena involves having experiences beyond the gross physical senses, such as in remote viewing. Remote viewing is the ability to perceive what is going on in a, another location. It can be likened to the ability to send your eyes and mind somewhere else 
while your body remains where it is. You can then observe a situation and report what is occurring. Another psychic ability is clairvoyance or clairaudience, which means that you can hear something that is not in your immediate environment. And this may involve hearing or seeing realities in other dimensions. Another category of psychic phenomena is mental telepathy, which refers to receiving impressions with the mind as in reading someone else's thoughts. Or two other areas are hypnosis, the ability to induce a state of heightened susceptibility to suggestion and psychokinetics, which is the use of mental energy to move objects, and these are other types of psyche abilities along the same lines. And there is another classification of abilities known as situ, and this means literally means mystic perfections. The Siddhi, a Siddhu known as Amina, is the ability to become very small, like a particle. And he states that the ability to assume any shape or form one desires, it is a mystic power that enables one to acquire a material item from any place in the universe without physically going to get it. The ability to control all the material elements is Vasitta Sati. And this is a certain city that allows one to summon the soul of a person who has just died back into the physical body. He states that Jesus Christ, Ezekiel, and Elijah in the Christian tradition were able to revive people from the dead. Since the physical body is just a garment, the soul has the ability to come and go, and thus someone who has developed this particular mystic perfection can summon a soul back into the body. In our current day and age, he states that many people visit psychics and channelers and involve themselves in various types of yogi and yoga, but they often confuse the psyche with the spiritual. Much of what people perceive to be spiritual is usually something that is of the subtle material realm. Someone who witnesses a miracle usually assumes that something divine has occurred, and this is not necessarily the case. These events can just be a matter of knowing how to use certain laws and how to convert certain types of energies. Energy has two polarities, positive and negative, and you can use the negative polarity to evoke power from disembodied or sinful entities, and sometimes a person can become possessed and perform a variety of unusual feats that are not of God-centered nature, and much of the channeling involves connections with the astral plane which is nothing more than a subtle dimension just a bit above the gross material level. It is not from the anti-material or spiritual plane. It, is often, it often is not of the divine origin. And sometimes the messages come from disembodied beings on a gross, sinful, or dangerous platform, while at other times the messages are just metaphysical gymnastics and these malevolent, malevolent entities will cause people to think that a mystical experience is something spiritual when in actually, actuality it is not. The entities will then exploit people, and such exploitation is quite common in the field of metaphysics. Many people are involved in metaphysical and spiritual organizations. It is important to be able to draw the line of demarcation between the metaphysical and the spiritual. 
If a person displays mystic powers but does not have a loving orientation, you should immediately be cautious. Individuals engaged in illicit affairs, intoxication, gambling, or meat-eating cannot contact higher spiritual planes. If we seek out such people expecting their knowledge to be very high, we may in fact find that their body is terribly contaminated. If we associate with them, we are taking a tremendous risk. God is not so cheap or weak that he has to speak through such contaminated contaminated vehicles. Excessive fascination with metaphysical phenomena can hinder spiritual advancement. For one truly striving to grow spiritually, these are nothing more than interferences. They are pitfalls that often decrease or decrease the chance of making spiritual advancement toward the real goal of becoming a loving servant of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, the Supreme Lord. Preoccupation with these phenomena is not a sign of advancement. There are planets where all the resonants have many of the mystic powers we have enumerated and, and have many of the mystic powers that we have shared, and for them it is no great accomplishment for entities of some of the lower realms. Our psychic experience would seem to, to demonstrate great advancement when to us they are just part of our day-to-day lives. Just as a primitive person would find it amazing to see someone use a calculator, entities of the lower rims are astonished uh, by some routine things that we take for granted. In other, world, in other words, what is mystical for one is commonplace for another. It is all relative. And when you understand this, you see that often what we call psyche or mystic is simply a matter of something unusual or unorthodox, something different from the uh, normally accepted schemes of activity, and that's what it all is. It might seem mystical to you for someone to pull up the hood of his car and immediately solve a mechanical problem. However, that individual has simply acquired a certain level of knowledge that is unavailable to you. Thus, if we are too fascinated by the gross material level or even the subtle material level, we become stagnated. And many spiritualists aspiring for the higher goal of the love of God, such as the Rasis and the great Vedic scholars and yogis, those who practice connecting with God through one of the disciplines of yoga, often fall down when they acquire some of these powers. And this is because these powers give one the ability to manipulate the material energy, and such powers can become intoxicating. And people who have these abilities can feel that they are the ultimate controllers of everything, which can be a very serious problem. We have taken birth in this material world because we are envious of the supreme, because we want to be God. We can see around us how people are trying to be the most renounced, the most beautiful, the most knowledgeable, or the most wealthy. And these opulences belong to the Supreme. Yet humans make hucularian efforts to become the Supreme possessors of these qualities. However, if we want to be released from these entanglements to acquire liberation and ultimately to have divine personal association with the Supreme Godhead, we must become free from all of these contaminations. 
when we are too fascinated with psychic manipulation of the activities of the subtle material plane, we become more and more bound to the material world and are kept lifetime after lifetime in this mundane sphere. And what is, a, what is necessary to find a lover is to find a love of God, but not a psyche. So, indeed, I, I end that portion of spiritual warrior of uh, psyche defense, psychic defense and uh, transformation and, fortific- and fortification. I um, will continue next week uh, with this uh, this very profound book titled Spiritual War and to engage in more profound revelations as espoused by Swami Krishnapad. I was just thinking uh, to myself as I was reading uh, the last couple of chapters that indeed there are many of us who are searching for truth, searching for uh, self-awareness and to maintain a level of uh, open-mindedness to the spiritual realm on many different levels and from many different perspectives. And it just comes to my mind and my wife, we share this amongst one another uh, and with those in our Facebook friends uh, community, that love, L-O-V-E, is the ultimate essence of contemplation. When you think of yourself, when you think of uh, your your significant other, family, and indeed... uh, that's by stating un- unconditional love, but that can- unconditional love has to be uh, shared and delved in the area of understanding that we're all interdependent and that we're all on this plane because of to help each other to learn lessons and to not repeat those lessons which were uh, painful and uh, and just to be disadvantageous in terms of. Again, I thank you for joining us this evening, and we will continue next week. Uh, I end as I begin with giving praise uh, to the Most High, that indeed I have been allowed to be a facilitator. And I state by saying, dear God, we give this evening to you, and may our minds stay centered on the things of spirit and goodness. May we not be tempted to stray from love. And as we begin this week, we open ourselves to receive you, and we ask that you please enter where you already abide. May our minds and hearts be pure and true, and may we not deviate from the things of goodness. May we see the love and innocence in all mankind behind the masks we all wear and the illusions of this worldly plane. We surrender to you our doings this evening. We ask only that they serve healing of May we bring your love and goodness with us to give unto others wherever we go. I bid thee well, farewell, Namaste, namaste, love and blessings. Assalamu alaikum. We give thanks and praise to the Most High. Peace and love to you all. Until next week.